Time for another episode of Drew Drogi's Minor Revelations. Hello, I just kind of stuttered on my own name. I do that sometimes. I have an alliterative name, Drew Drogi, and sometimes it it's hard to come out. Um, I don't know. Maybe I'm just feeling really vulnerable right now, you guys. I don't know. I don't know. I'm sitting alone in a booth, and ah, here we are. Um, I am doing a really fun play right now. If you're in L.A., it's going to run through at least to the end of March. Um, it's called Die, Mommy, Die, and it's Charles Bush. If you're familiar with, I've, t- I've talked about him before on this, and who I love, I love him dearly. Um, he wrote these, but he's written a bunch of plays, and he's usually the the star of his plays first, and he always writes himself as the heroine. It's uh, it's always a woman in peril, um, uh, uh, you know, some some sort of uh, tragic, hilarious hero uh, lady, and. Um, he is obsessed with movies of the 40s, 50s, 60s. And so they all are these, they're really, they are homages to these. They're not parodies at all because he, he loves them so much. So this is called Die, Mommy, Die. It's set in 1967. And it's about this um, this singer who all of a sudden has no talent. So she's retired from the business and uh, everybody wants to kill her. Everybody's fucking each other. Um, it's just high camp. It's ridiculous, stupid fun. Um, uh, I promise they didn't even ask me to talk about this on my show, but I want to talk about it because it's, it's been a blast. It's so hard. I am beating myself up every night. Literally, I stabbed my thumb, drew blood on the first show. I banged my ankle into a door while I was trying to slam it and trying to look so cool. And, um, so yeah, I'm, my body is, uh, rejecting me hardcore. Um, and, uh, and I'm learning how to run in furiously high heels. And a lot of screaming, a lot of slapping, physical violence, making out. It's everything. And it's really fun. And it's running at the Celebration Theater um, on the weekends, um, Thursday, Friday, Saturday nights, and then Sundays at 2. Um, you can go on celebrationtheater.com and check it out. But um, uh, another reason why I'm bringing this up is that it sort of brings up a lot for me because this is um, it's a it's a throwback to old movies and horror movies. And growing up, I was obsessed with horror movies um, and I loved Freddie and Jason. I can tell you pretty much a lot. I have a, have a deep nerd knowledge about Freddy Krueger and Jason Voorhees and Michael Myers and all of that, that world of 80s horror. But my mom recognized my love of horror movies and she was always uh, of the belief like if I'm going to watch horror movies I need to watch some good ones too and I and I'll argue that a lot of the especially in the Nightmare on Elm Street movies I think are actually really good movies um in the 80s they were not considered good they all were considered trash um but my mom so my mom made me watch a lot of Hitchcock and I watched a lot of Hitchcock movies with her and I love them so much I think Rear Window as a child was the one that truly terrified me the fact that you could look across your apartment complex and see Raymond Burr murder his wife and you have a broken leg and he's just it's just minutes before he's going to come and and take you down um and there was an Alfred Hitchcock presents episode with these nurses and they were like and one of them was actually a man in drag and he was killing the other nurses and it was like there was a rainstorm Does anyone remember this it was terrifying um also my mom like made me watch play misty for me which is i will argue next to unforgiven clint eastwood's best film it's incredible and i and and that's not hard to find um you know um not hard to dig through because you know he's made a lot of crap but um clint eastwood is amazing in the movie and he directed the movie and it's jessica walter who you know is lucille bluth from arrested development Jessica Walter plays this crazy woman, and she's obsessed with with um, Clint Eastwood. He's a DJ, and it's so seventies sexy, and she's terrifying. And you know, um, so I I always I, I loved these crazy movies that were from another era. Um, another one that my mom uh, introduced me to was That Touch of Mink, uh, um, Rock Hudson. Carrie, uh, or was it Carrie Grant or Rock Hudson? I'm a terrible person. Oh God, I'm an idiot. I didn't look this up. Definitely Doris Day. Um, and um, and my favorite was the Carol Burnett show. 
I loved that. And I feel like this play enco- encapsulates all of those things, all of those uh, lovely things in me. Um, and so I have gotten to know Charles Bush the, um, over the years. And um, and so I asked him for advice on the role. And he, and he gave me some movies to watch because he's like, these are very much based on this. And so one of them is Dead Ringer with Betty Davis. And it's incredible. And she plays twins. And it's so good and so much fun. And it's just, it's a delight. And then um, another one is... It's called The Big Cube, starring Lana Turner, and it's horrible. It is so bad. It's like a woman who goes on an acid trip, which is very much in this play that I'm doing as well. Um, But Lana Turner is like dead inside. She's got nothing going on. She's clearly never done drugs. She's never had a beer. Lana is just so lily, lily, lily. Um, And it's, it's awful. And it just got me to thinking, you know, not everything is gold because it's old. You know, a lot of a lot of old things are terrible. And a lot of like things that we hold up as iconic are maybe not as great as we think. Um, here's something, and I've probably hinted at it before, and I've said it before, and I love to make people just furious when I say this. But I did not love Lucy. I thought Lucille Ball was terrible. I'm sorry. I get it. She's this icon, whatever. I always thought she was this mawkish alien clown I, I I think she has she talk about dead eyes she has a contrived mouth none of it's real her crying no you're not crying stop making a dumb face and making dumb noises come out of it um everything feels vain and and how deliberately it's served by her I really do think that I, I I just don't have any connection to her I don't ever believe that she was a human being um and I Later in life, there's a very, a, a truly terrifying clip on YouTube of her showing up drunk and bitter in feathers on Dick Cavett's show. And you see this joyless, whiskered screech owl at her truest, just miserably and cynically complaining about how young actors refuse to listen. It's the most bitter thing you'll ever see. And it, 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 she has no love for what she does or for who she is. It's really, truly a sad, cautionary tale. So... Um, I, uh, and, and again, okay, not to turn this into an Adele versus Beyonce gay dude pitting woman versus woman too late. No, I no seriously. I do. I hate how much we scream at each other about which woman is better than this other woman. But to offer a counterpoint, I, I just, why I love Carol Burnett so much and why I just will argue Carol Burnett is the queen of comedy because there's this warmth. There's a humanity. There's a there's a truth that to her hilarity. There is an understanding of people and and what makes us all ridiculous. Like Carol Burnett gets the ridiculous thread of honesty, and she blows that up in a in a beautiful way. We've all met and had to deal with our own Mrs. Wiggins. Our worst relative that we cannot wait to see at reunions is our own personal Eunice. Um, if you haven't seen a very underrated Robert Altman film called A Wedding, you've got to. You must. She plays this character named Tulip Brenner. Tulip Brenner. And she is every horrible yet heartbreaking real mother of the betrothed. Like, she's amazing in this movie. And, you know, when she and Tim Conway and Harvey Corman crack up... It's so incredibly honest. There's a reason why people still reference, you know, when people break up on stage and they start laughing, um, corpse, as you might call it, if you're a theater person. Um, when that happens, when people just uncontrollably start laughing, everyone references Carol Burnett. And the reason I think why is because it's honest. They're, they're fighting the laughter so hard. They don't want to laugh. They want to be so good in this moment, in this scene, and they lose it. And they genuinely love each other. It's so beautiful to watch. And the reason why I don't think it works, I'm sorry, when Jimmy Fallon does it is because I feel like when Jimmy Fallon does it, it's like it's so insecure. It's so empty. It's like I don't have anything going on here, so I'm just going to crack up and hope to be forgiven. And I don't res- I don't respect that at all. I don't like that sort of I'm just going to be cute and laugh at myself. Um but I, that, that's there is a real difference to me between those two those two moments and those two, those two energies. Um, and to bring up my play again, um, last night in our show, 
Um, we have this, we have all props that are two period, which are amazing. Michael O'Hara has done our props for the show and he's done an amazing job. So we have these real lighters from the sixties to light our cigarettes and they never work and they are the bane of our existence. And every night we're praying that these lighters are going to work. We pray and because it's all timing and it's a crisp, brilliantly written show that has to go bing, bang, bing, bang, bing. And there's no room for a lighter not to work. Well, last night the lighter did not work and the lovely and hilarious Gina Torricilla, who is playing uh, Bootsy the Maid in our show. I'm not giving anything away, but we basically had a moment with a lighter in which I just, and I'm a horrible woman in this play, and I'm so mean to the to the maid, to the help. And she couldn't get this lighter lit. Not her fault. The fault of a 1967 lighter. And I looked at her and I said, you really are worthless. And we both laughed so hard because we don't improvise in this play. I needed to cover the moment I didn't know why it was coming out. We lost it, and the audience lost it as well. We couldn't get it back. We were trying so hard. It was like, please, God, get the wheels back on the train. Let's get it moving. And it felt like our own Carol Burnett moment where we were just like, oh, my God. And... You know, and, and hey, look, if we tried the same bit tonight, we tried to do the same thing tonight. I have a show tonight. If we tried to recreate that, it would not feel like Carol Burnett. It wouldn't. We couldn't recreate that. So um, I just want to, you know, say Carol Burnett will always be my guiding light. Every time I see her or feel her, I, I think I think I'm so glad we had this time together. Oh my God, I'm sitting here with Fortune Feimster and Ian Gary. Hi, buddy. Hi. Hi. How's Hi. it going? We all talk to each other like we were puppies. Hi. Hi. Hi, Hi puppy. Hi, puppy. Look at that buddy. Look at that buddy. Oh. It's been too long. We were just talking about how we never see each other. Mm-hmm. Ian, you and I are neighbors. Yeah. L- literally two blocks. Yes. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah I picked him up Same and drove street. him over here. Oh. And then. What a bonding experience. It was a real bonding Sometimes experience. I do drive past uh, down our street and I will see you walking sometimes. Oh, yeah. I, I do. I, I do walk a bunch. And I think when I used to live in Los Feliz, people were like, I would see you out walking. Like, wow. it's so weird that's, in LA to be walking. And I'm like, I like to walk. And by Ooh. the way, baby, with a purpose. Oh, you oh, have a stride. Oh, yeah. I mean, I have a very. <laughs> Very, very, like a, I have really flat feet. Like when I was in high school, I went to a podiatrist and he had never seen such flat feet. They are flops. I mean, they are, they are duck bills oh, or not duck bills. Duck. <laughs> what are duck, duck feet? Duck feet. Duck feet. Do they have duck, a name? Those feet duck, that duck, uh, duck okay. flaps. They are. They, there is some just, name. <laughs> I, I would have known in fifth grade. In fifth grade, I would have known that just, information and I do not know it. Now. Duck flaps. Duck good. flaps. Yeah. But w- w- if you want pure comedy, w- watch your Drogi get out of a pool and make a and make a footprint because it is a full full foot. That's There's no like in you know, a curve. Um, but it does so, look like you're walking with purpose. But I have soul. a very like I have this you gait, this bounce that is that I've been told all my life. Like you have a very distinctive walk, and I'm humorless about it. I'm like I know. I'm very aware that's how I walk. Cool. Glad I brought like, it up to start the show. No, no, no. Cool, cool, cool. <laughs> but I, I I realize that a lot of times when like when I was when I was teaching at the groundlings and students would bring it up they would see me walking across and I'm trying to have like authority and right. be in charge and I walk across and one of my students is like you have a funny walk I'm like thanks a lot Caroline good luck you know <laughs> everybody up repeat um, basic <laughs> exactly exactly <laughs> um, but anyway um, but I do I, I love walking I think it's a very um, it's one of the exercises that I actually like doing yeah if I, I hate can exercise. I will yeah, I but see you walking too. I'm in a wheelchair. Oh, no. sometimes, <laughs> just for kids. My girlfriend moved here from Chicago, uh-huh. and she's just like, "I'm getting fat. I don't walk anywhere." Like, oh, in right. Chicago, she'd walk everywhere. Like, right. Even home from a bar for miles, she would walk home. But for some reason, in LA, isn't that no weird? No one walks because everybody's so health conscious, and everyone's hiking, and everyone's yeah. doing this stuff. But it has to be such an event, right? To walk, you need I mean, to drive go to, to a the mountain. Gym. 
And for me, like what I try to do is just kind of be like, okay, when I I, I walk down the street, and it's a, a bit to like walk down to mm-hmm. the like bank or to you know rubies and diamonds rubies and diamonds a really good coffee shop ian told me about rubies and diamonds and it's a great coffee shop in la and it's not douchey it It sounds it sounds super disgusting like it it sounds like rubies and diamonds. it's called rubies and diamonds yeah it sounds like the grossest place in the world but But they're really cool it's really great the nicest people the coffee's great it's really affordable um, I I really enjoy it. Which a lot. coffee should be affordable? It the fact should that be it's so expensive. It's ridiculous. Crazy. It's ridiculous, and that we've turned it all into such like we're such assholes about our coffee. <laughs> I think it should be expensive. Oh. <laughs> Do you guy. want the good stuff? Mm, mm-hmm. Then I guess pay for it. I don't know what to fucking tell <laughs> okay, you. Okay, thank I you. I don't know what to fucking tell you. <laughs> <laughs> but you are very mad about it yeah. in your in your elitism. You're very upset. <laughs> Um, well, what's going on? What's going on in life? Fortune, talk to me. What are you doing? What are you up to? Um, I'm on tour. It's great. So I'm in a lot of cities. I'm so glad you're here right now. Are you doing shows in LA right now? Or are you just in between yeah, places? Yeah, I'm, I'm working on a bunch of new material. So oh, I've great. Been, I've been like pounding the pavement like I did when I first started stand up. It That's feels so very great. weird. So are you, are you going in places like unannounced to try yeah. so that, you know, so it's not like your fans are going to. Mm-hmm. show up and sort of ruin the yeah, I'm magic. On, yeah. I'm like going up at the end of like comedy contest or like, oh you know, God. classes. Wow. Uh-huh. It's very, it reminds me of when I started, like wow. where you're just like, don't have punchlines, don't have transitions. Right. Everyone's right, right, right. just kind of like, you know, looking at you. Uh-huh. I, I, had two <laughs> sh- I had two shows last night. You know, it's brutal. Because you get to a point when you've been headlining all right. a bunch where right. you're just used to a rhythm yeah. and a, and you also, know when the laughs are coming. Yeah. And, and you're used to that love because that's yeah. when, I'm, when I said earlier, your fans ruin it. But like you're used to the, your fans that are like mm-hmm. just laugh because they love you and yeah. they're like they're going to they're going to be easy. Yeah. And when you're trying out new material, you really want that the purity mm-hmm. of somebody who who may not know your work or might go, oh, I, I've seen her on the Mindy Project. Yeah. Or they, they recognize you, but they may not know mm-hmm. exactly, you know. And because um, I saw, yeah, I, I saw uh, Will Ferrell trying out his George W. Bush show. Oh, really? At UCB. And they did it unannounced as if it was an improv show. Yeah. And instead they were like, we're not going to do a show. Instead, here's George W. Bush. And, it was, and Will Ferrell came out and did that show to try it out. Yeah. And it was, was that you know, your Welcome America? Uh-huh. Can I tell you yeah. a really crazy aside of that? Sure. When I was in Sunday Company, I wrote this George Bush musical sketch, and the literal song was You're Welcome, America. What? And it was this whole big to-do, and then like we ran it one week, and then like the uh, 10 days later or something like that, I happened to read something about how it was going on HBO, and it, and it was already in development for sure, like months. Sure, 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 of course. It had just never crossed paths, and it was literally... Both a George Bush idea called Your Welcome <laughs> oh, America. Oh my God, that's so hilarious. That crazy. Isn't that weird? It's just like in the ether. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's just one of those things somewhere. where it's like, you know, they're like, yeah, that's, that's just, you know. <laughs> also, I mean, you know, hilarious that we were so, uh, you know, upset by him at the time, uh, given what we have going on now. I yes. know um, he seems like a little kitten. <laughs> little I know. Clown. A little quaint little like, cowboy. I know. <laughs> we're like, what a nightmare he was. Wait, wait a minute, wait a minute. He's great. He's like, come back, come back. Um, so yeah, oh, that's that's great. That's that's cool. And then when do you go on the road again? Pretty much almost every weekend, every okay. other weekend. Like, I leave tomorrow. Okay. But it's nice. I go, I usually go Thursday through Sunday. That's and so come great. Home. That's so nice. If I had to like go on the road for months at a time it would not be great oh my god it's oh my god. Ha- it's hard this girl i can't imagine this working girl in no i know business. you have you are such a hard worker and you have been doing that forever and and like we talked about this on the show last week about how like in our business we don't really credit hard work we mm-hmm. kind of look down on it in a really <laughs> yeah. creepy way we're like oh you work hard but it is a you know it's unlike any other job we here. all work really yeah. hard and and i do think it's like uh, i used to be so like that means uh, I'm not. Go- I'm just not naturally. Get- well, we love to spin this, the tale of like yeah. she landed in town on a Wednesday. By Friday, she was a star. You Which know, but rarely happens. never happens. You you know. Um, but yeah, that's that's so great. So um, yeah, and also I'm loving your ice cream dances. <laughs> Thank you. They are so wonderful. <laughs> and do yourself a treat for all of fortune. You do it on Instagram, right? Yeah. Or, okay. 
Follow Fortune on Instagram and just, it makes me so happy. It's like, you just can't Aww. explain why. You're just wa- watching someone dancing with ice cream. You can see a lot of them if you look at, under the hashtag ice cream dance. Okay. They're all, they all okay. have that hashtag. I love that they have their own hashtag now. <laughs> you know? It's really just an excuse to eat ice cream. <laughs> it's, it's pretty wonderful brilliant. And it's, it's glorious. I know. I get, maybe because times are so crazy right now. Yeah. People seem to get a lot of joy out of this very simple absolutely are you kidding me that is what we like we we poo poo simple so much i think especially in our world of like we need to be important we Mm -hmm. need to do something and i am finding myself i'm watching like dog videos i watched this (laughs) i watched a a video of a of a dog like playing poker (laughs) like it was like a man's hands and he was like dealing cards and the dumbest thing ever and I watched the, like five minutes of it because we need yeah, that. We I, need that reset. We need that. Yeah. We need I, that simplicity. I watched a guy today holding his baby in a baby carrier and playing a Michael Jackson, the Michael Jackson beat it. Uh huh. And he's like making his baby's <laughs> legs dance. Uh huh. Like, and I, and you, eight and, million views. And you're like, has. I need this right now. <laughs> well, there's also just like pure joy and, yeah. and, um, we need that right now. Mm-hmm. It's like we're terrified. And I think we need to just, and to not be afraid of just like, I just want to be a kid yeah. again. And kids love ice cream. Like we yeah. we all know it. Like we know that that feeling. You know, I want to feel safe. I know. I don't know a... what you guys are so terrified about. I say give them a chance. <laughs> Thank you. Give them a chance. And, and how expensive was your coffee this morning? Oh, uh, it was nineteen dollars. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Ian, what's going on? Oh, what not not a damn thing. Oh yeah. No, I mean you know you write stuff. But I yep. feel like that's the thing. You go like, what are you doing? Hey, you know, you're writing things. Oh, I know. Uh, I'm know. writing a movie with Drew Talbert. Oh, that's who great. I adore and oh, we have oh a my very God, I love him so much. So I love been, Drew Talbert. He's yeah. so brilliant, weird, funny. I yeah. Got to- I was his teacher back in the day. I was really he's somebody that I like to claim because I was like I taught him, (laughs) and he was so funny from day one. And I'm so happy for him that he's just the fucking still making us laugh and doing this weird shit. I love him. Yeah, he's a nut, and we have a real similar taste in movies and stuff. Mm -hmm. So we've been working Mm -hmm. on a feature, and I'm real thrilled about how that's that's going. Other than that, uh, I'm taking care of my dog. He got his tooth pulled yesterday. Oh, poor buddy. Oh, baby. Why did he have to have his tooth pulled? Was it? I don't know. I'm I'm very there's kind of the old cranky guy in me that goes like why do dogs need to, my dog never got his teeth brushed a day in his life and he was ate food and then he was 13 and he died like that's kind of how I feel right right but then they were like he should really have his teeth cleaned and he has this like pocket back here that uh-huh. we probably should pull this tooth and I was like oh, he'd fucking yeah. be fine I feel like but okay <laughs> I live in LA so yeah. I know I have to do this well, my- but he went and he got it pulled and he's fine now. My mom and stepdad's little baby dog. I mean, she, I mean, she's just teeny weeny. She was like, they, she just had really bad breath, and that was it. Like, she was just so sweet and whatever. And they were just always like, she has the worst breath. They were ever. like, put her down. <laughs> and it's like, put her to sleep. That's our show. Uh, thank you very much. Uh, no, but they took her to the vet, and they were like, she needs nine teeth pulled. No, and nine. And she, I was like, I didn't know she had nine teeth, and she's so little and never complained. And they were like, she's in severe pain. And her teeth are rotting out of her head, so they had to take oh, nine teeth out of her out of her head. Isn't that crazy? So, um, yeah, but uh, you know, you do that for your dogs. They're your they're your babies. You know, it's really weird. We also Jenna, Jenna, and I have a pug, and uh, they're supposed to have terrible teeth. Uh huh. And she has amazing teeth because she, no joke, flosses. I don't want to make this Wait, the Jenna, dog talk hour. Jenna flosses. No, or your dog flosses. Arlene, Arlene the pug, <laughs> will literally like rip a toy apart yeah. and then take the the like strings from it and pull oh. it through. And like we thought it was just kind of like a dog thing. Yeah, you know, a dog will just gnaw uh-huh, something uh-huh. kind of like bliss out. She pulls it through each. She'll cycle it through. Oh, that's she a good dog right there. Each t- Arlene. <laughs> each tiny little whale tooth. Oh, my oh, gosh. My dog can't do anything. I was going to say, that is like Arlene. We should be scared of Arlene. <laughs> she will <laughs> she's rise. Like, she's like online researching she's you know, run dental the health. Country, <laughs> I, know, exactly. I mean, I really feel like she's in line to run the country. <laughs> Why not at this point? I mean, seriously. Um, all right. So, um, who wants to tell me a story? I want to hear. Something um, from someone. I'm I so can excited. Tell a story. Yeah. Great. Yeah, uh, I love it. So this is uh, confessional. Oh yeah. yes. Uh, I, 
so in when I was very young, probably from like zero to ten, mm-hmm. I was very quiet and very introverted and very sensitive. Mm-hmm. And like mm-hmm. my parents were always like, "You're like some kind of indigo child, weird." Like, uh. <laughs> like I remember my uh, like some cousin of mine or some kid when I was a kid, like. uh you know, pushed a cat or something like that. And I'm like six. And I told my uncle, like, he has eyes, but he doesn't see. Like, they were always like, you're intensely sensitive and, and a little, you're creeping people out a little bit. <laughs> or like, I killed a... I, I see dead people. <laughs> I know. I yeah, kind that. of. Like, I think it I freaked some people that. out. He has eyes, but he doesn't see. Yeah. That's genius. And I, like, I killed a grasshopper one time and I literally, like, covered it with a tissue and wrote, I'm sorry. Oh. Like, instantly. Insanely sensitive. Yes, yes. But so I, I set that up because I don't know what happened because then from like 12 to 16, uh-huh. I don't know whether it was hormones or what it was or like overcompensating or you're sure. like, I can't exist if I'm this sensitive, so I'm going to try it the other way. Uh-huh, uh-huh. I was a fucking prick. Uh-huh. For like four <laughs> solid years. Like I look wow. back on things I did in like middle, like especially high school, I kind of calmed down. Mm-hmm. But middle school was a... I literally look at it and go like, I was a different human being. Mm-hmm. I like, oh, I, sure. I identify with this 10 year old and then like right. 17 and on, I don't know who I was for three years. Yeah. And yeah. It's yeah. Really yeah. Really strange. Well, I mean, like, I, I, can, I totally can relate to that. I think I was like, we, first of all, like, it's that, that time. Like, yeah, you all are. Like, I remember. I was also a very sensitive, quiet kid. And then I had like the year from hell in seventh grade with my, you know, I, my welcome to the dollhouse year. And then I, I learned how to be funny mm-hmm. and I didn't know like to also be kind. Like I, di- I, I didn't think I could be both. I didn't think I could. Um, I just learned how to make people laugh and I would just be horrible. Right. And, and it was my own insecurity and bullshit coming out. And um, yeah, I was terrible. I always used to say when I would watch those, those talk shows in the nineties, like when I was in college or high school, yeah. you know, uh, I was, and they would bring people back from high school and junior high. They would do that. would be like, and I'd be like, I would never go on one of those shows because <laughs> people from, you know, they, I was terrible to so many people, yeah. you know, that, that, you know, oh, really? I was, I really was. Cause I just knew how to make people laugh and I would, and, um, if if it got a laugh, it didn't matter. Like right. and it, and it, you it were took just me roasting a people in co- yeah, in high and I was just like anything I could come up with. Mm-hmm. Like anybody was fair game, and and I would, um, and I got really popular that way. Uh-huh. Like in a you know, just for being like just, and it took me a long time to just be like. Oh, you need to be like a nice person and you need to treat people how you want to be treated. Like all those things that like I grew up hearing and I, and I used to be, and I was as a child. Yeah. I had to like relearn as I got older and be like, you can be confident and, and own being a funny person without like constant viciousness. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. And I think some people haven't, sadly haven't learned that lesson to this day. I mean, there are people now that like, and I think, I think we all understand that, that people come up to us as people who make jokes for a living and they think they're being funny with us and they're really mean, Mm -hmm. really hateful. I've had people say such horribly mean things to me. And, you know, the reality is, is we're the most sensitive people in the room and and we we deflect and we make jokes because we're insecure and all that stuff. And people think that they can be so, they think that they're being with you. And instead you're like, oh, that was really mean. Or they'll be really mean about someone else mm-hmm. and thinking that I would love their humor. I'm like, and I'm like, no, man, I don't, I don't like that. I don't, I don't like mean. But was there something you did specifically that you can remember? Yeah, in middle school, I was a, I was just a prick. I mm-hmm. spit in a kid's face one time. <gasps> oh, oh my god! I like there was routinely a kid, and, and it was like for literally no reason other than like this is a mean thing to do to a person. Uh. I I can get away with this probably, and so I did. Uh. And like I still like I I can picture that moment in my head, and I go like you get that like electric yes, shock through your yes. body. You go like. Oh. <laughs> I know. Oh, I want to do that. Or there right. was this kid who, I mean, he could not have been more of a stereotypical nerd. He was just, he just was a nerd, man. Like out, out mm-hmm. of central casting nerd. Mm-hmm. And he would <laughs> every day go late to lunch because he had to like A-brain his books in his locker and get them just right. So it'd be like, 
cool to three people want to just like go like beat him up be a jerk to this kid you want to do that just bully this kid do you want to just scar this person <laughs> for life we would do it like every every t- day every single day mm. and I look back on those things and I was like did you <laughs> like I get that motherly side did you enjoy that uh, uh-huh, are uh-huh. you proud of <laughs> yourself what possibly was flowing through you at that time it's like a, a alien mm-hmm in mm-hmm. your in the in your like personal biography, you're like, uh huh, all checks out. That what the fuck was that? Well, There's this spike. Have you, you seen that guy on Facebook? Or I anything? have. He's he's not doing well. No. Oh no. <laughs> no, he seems oh, fine. God. He seems fine. <clears throat> yeah. But like, uh, you know, you, you just look back at these these things. Are like, I oh my god, I slapped my mom once. <gasps> I did. I did. When it and happened. where? How? It happened. We got into my mother and I have some barn burners. Uh huh. Like we yeah, just. Mine and I well, have, of course. We, yeah, sure. And just so that everybody at home knows, I'm a good person. I have my hands on my cheeks in full shame. <laughs> He's full of shame I'm right so now. And I, can, I can attest. He's a wonderful no. person. <laughs> <laughs> no, but we we get into some barn burners, and it took me a long time. Speaking of what you were saying about like meanness and stuff, uh-huh. it took me a long time and a lot of uh, failed relationships and like interactions with people to realize that I can't have a fight with a person and say the meanest thing and then everything will be fine right. my my right. my family interaction the interaction with my mom or stuff like that is like oh we're fighting cool i'm gonna say the meanest thing i can the most hurtful mm-hmm. thing i can mm-hmm. and then 10 minutes later it's like hey, what do you want for lunch oh, like that's it just my family yeah, too. Yeah, 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 yeah 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 and yeah, it, yeah, it took here. me a long time to learn for some people that it's mm-hmm. like i go well fucking die cunt that they they right. actually take that personally <laughs> <laughs> my, my sister-in-laws who didn't grow up with that when they hear us say these awful things to each other, they like won't talk to the other, you know, the person that said yeah. it for like two months. And yeah. my brother's like, oh, well, like whatever. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so that was just our dynamic. And Absolutely. I don't, I don't remember what it was, but we got like nose to nose screaming. And I think she might have grabbed my shirt or something like that. And I just went like that. And you were just like, yeah. Yeah. You know, and you just go like, God, what a rage. Did she smack I, you back? I think, if I remember correctly, I don't know if this is a separate incidence or the same one, she chased me under the table with a broom. Yes! <laughs> <laughs> Which, I mean, well within her right. Absolutely. Well within her right. I saw, I remember I was meeting a friend for lunch uh, a year or two ago, and I saw this woman. And it was with a toddler, so, you know, but the kid was big enough that it it caused some damage that he ran out into the street and a car almost hit this kid and this mother grabs the kid and saves his life, literally saves her child's life. Yeah. And he turned around and punched her in the face. Oh, my God. And I, I was just like, I had this moment of like, I do not understand what it's like to be a parent because I would have thrown that child at the car mm-hmm. in that moment. Out of just, and not because I'd want the child to hurt, but I feel like in just retaliation or in rage, or I'd yeah. be like, or, do you understand? Mm-hmm. I just saved your life and you just, you know, you have no concept of what just happened. And, but it's amazing what parents go through. Um, I'm telling but you. But I man. also, I had a father who <laughs> was very, I mean, like just, it words were we we just fights were just could be really intense, especially between my brother and my father because yeah. they would go at each other a lot. And I just I had a very witty uh, like father and like and so um, and then as someone who like now like has to like improvise for a living, like I'm I don't trust myself in a fight. Like I'm very nervous mm-hmm. because I feel I I'm afraid of what horrible mean things might come out of my mouth when I don't even mean it all. Right. It's just that I need I want to win the argument because yeah. I grew up like with a real like, oh you can we're gonna go there. And we're yeah. gonna say that and we're gonna do it. And so now I feel like I can I'm so I'm so bad with conflict because I just don't I'm scared of where I'm even coming from mm-hmm. um, in that situation. I'm really scared of fighting because I just I'm scared of what I'm going to say. That's so we must you all know? have the same background on yeah. that. Yeah. yeah, that's like it, it abs- when I was growing up, it absolutely was cool. Say the meanest thing. Mm-hmm. And then it would like be very hurtful. And then it would like we would get over it. Right. It would be right. fine. Mm-hmm. But now, yeah, if I get in fights, uh, you know, any kind of like argument thing, it's like, OK, well, I guess we're arguing now. 
Uh huh. So exactly. I, I hear what you're saying. Exactly. We've had to. Saying. I've had to totally no. like muscle myself <laughs> yeah. into you know out of out of mm-hmm. it. Yeah. And I don't think that that's healthy either. Yeah. I think there's sometimes you do just need to like blow up and say. Mm-hmm. And say whatever, and I I'm, I always admire my friends that are able to just like scream at each other and be over it. But I'm always so scared, and I have to have like a long talk and be like, "Look, I I love you so much," and all this bullshit. And I'm like, sometimes it's like <laughs> yeah. you just want to blow up and be done. I don't know. <laughs> I, the right I, answer. I guess the I mean, it took me a lot of relationships too to figure out how to fight, quote yeah. unquote. Mm-hmm. And uh, but I guess one thing that was good that came out of it is that if I do have some sort of conflict with someone I'm close to that I really care enough about to fix, right? I'll just say it. This is what's mm-hmm. bothering me versus sweeping it under the rug, which is nice. It's great. And you have to. And you have to be willing to be like, okay, what we have is more important and it's going to survive this. Mm-hmm. I have to just tell you this. It bothers me, you know, versus the like holding on to it and letting something blow up. And... Yeah. But I try not to scream anymore. <sighs> it's not I good know. for your vocal cords. <laughs> I know. It's not. Growing and it's... up, there was lots of that. Yeah. Well, that was the thing, too, in our house. Like, whoever screamed the loudest wins. Yeah. It's like, it'd be heard, you know. Um but yeah, I but then I think for me I would always like retreat and then I would I would usually like act out at school a lot more. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because I realized that like, oh, not everybody else has this this sharpness that I can sort of yeah. bust out. Like right. I can just say blah <laughs> and people are like, Oh my god, Drew just said blah blah blah, you know. Um I was also really mean to teachers because <laughs> I had teachers that I loved and then I would go into the next teacher's room and just terrorize them. If I didn't respect oh, yeah. the teacher <laughs> I was, it was my time too. And I did impressions of all of them. It was mm-hmm. my first like yeah. sort of sense of doing like characters. And I would do impressions of all my teachers and to make my friends laugh. And some of them were just cripplingly yeah. mean. I mean, just horrible. Um, and then I had, then I would, you know, if it was a teacher I respected, I would, I would be really, I was such a nerd about them and I would love that person. But like, if it was not, it would be. Yeah. It's funny though. Horrible. It's like, it's not defensible, but I do understand. I like, I think if you are in a school structure and if you're a little bit of a, an iconoclast, uh, you know, sure. I mean? like you look at those things and you're just like, oh, you're a doofus. What are you doing here? Right. You know what I mean? And I remember that, like having those feelings of like, this person is wildly inept for their position. <laughs> well, like, I even at to, a young age, like, why am I? Yeah. Well, growing up, I wanted this? to be I wanted to be a teacher. I wanted to be an English teacher. And so I went to the school that I went to. And, you know, and I thought I was going to be an English professor. And so I had such respect for for educators and all yeah. I and I thought they were the most important people in the world and I still do. I still think that that I mean I'm, I used to you know I'm like everything you have to do in life you someone has to teach you how to do it. And like whatever it is. And so I I I have I have no respect for someone who's in a position of authority right. who who can't who has nothing to teach me and I think on a, on a, on a, when I was a kid I'd be like I'm a fucking kid and you don't know yeah. like what you're talking about well you get <laughs> nothing from me like you're only yeah. going to get you know, and because I wasn't the kid that like set trash can fires or like, you know, threw banana peels down or did pranks. I was an emotional terrorist. You know, I mean, I would, <laughs> I would find I out like what, to picture this. I would emotional find out what terror. would drive them over the edge. I had teachers have meltdowns on me in front of the whole class. Oh, really? It happened. Me oh, too, yeah. oh, it happened numerous times. Yeah. When I had, I remember in eighth grade, there was a, a woman who, um, she was, <laughs> she had to teach French and it was like eighth grade so it was before high school and they like just added a French class and yeah. she couldn't speak a word of French mm-hmm. and she just Xeroxed Barnes and Noble French the easy way yeah. like just shitty books and just like hand, and she would bring a wheelbarrow down to the trailer we had our class in a trailer because they didn't have enough classrooms so yeah. some of our classes were in trailers and so she would come to the trailer with this wheelbarrow and just like throw out, hand out Xerox and just basically want us to do our work and be quiet and yeah. not talk. And I terrorized this woman so much <laughs> to where she, cause I'd had a French exchange student the summer before and yeah. I, and I was eighth grade. I was, and I was like coming into my own. I was a horrible human being at that age. Yeah. And I was like, I know French. I couldn't speak a word of French to this day. <laughs> but in my mind, I was like, Oh, I had an exchange student living in my home for a summer. And this woman doesn't know anything. And so she had a meltdown at one point And I remember her screaming, I was railroaded into teaching this class. And she like really was like, I don't want to teach this. And, 
told my friend Whitney, she was like, um, she was because she was like, Drew, you have no respect for authority. You have no respect for teachers. And then she was like, Whitney, you you uh, you support him the most. You enable him. You she said you support him, him the, most. the most. And so Whitney, to this day, I just on my birthday, just sent me a thing. And she was like, from the person who supports you the most. <laughs> Which is cause to this day, we laugh at them. I'm like, yeah. what a terrible quality for a friend. To su- but, you know, what she meant was <laughs> like, so you know, funny. you egg him on. Because like. It's just such typical teacher speak. You know what I mean? I like anybody who's ever seen a teacher lose it, which I feel like if you went through public education, yes. you've seen that at least yes. once. There's specific phrasing. I you know. know what I mean? I was railroaded into <laughs> teaching this course. And Why I believe her. I, I guarantee she was. I guarantee they pulled her name out of a hat and they were like, we're doing French and now. And like, all this right. Is you. Now as adults, we realize how... Teachers get paid nothing. Yes, it's, paid it's kind nothing. of a miracle there are any. Teacher. I know. <laughs> well, your mom's a teacher, yeah? Or she yeah. still? Or she? Or, she retired. Okay. Yeah. yeah. She taught special ed for thirty years. Wow, that is a very. So that's she an incredible... would have like desks thrown at her, and oh, watch yeah. kids would stomp on faces. And, oh my god! Uh, she had a huge black guy that was a, and her assistant. He got uh-huh. sent to the hospital. <gasps> oh my uh, god! Because she did anywhere from like behavior problems. Her, like, in the hood, she was, like, in the hood for a lot Mm -hmm. of her um, time. And then the last, like, five years, she was, it was with, like, mentally um, disabled kids who, you know, just Mm. didn't have any sort of control over emotions or physicality. And it was dangerous. She had, she, like, finally was like, I have to retire. Yeah, it's funny. I, uh, I think people forget that sometimes, especially for schools, they get lumped in with they have to be like a jack of all trades like special education isn't Mm -hmm. just like mental handicaps and stuff it's people like I was in a special education class because they were literally like this kid needs to calm the fuck down really like in that in that middle school period Uh uh they once I I got expelled from middle school for fighting and then got put they basically were like go to summer school fuck it we'll put you in ninth grade but part of my condition for being in ninth grade was like you have to be a part of this program where like you're kind of mentored and monitored wow. and it was like it was all a part of that yeah mm-hmm. you know what I mean it's like it's a far more encompassing mm-hmm. uh, at least in the school district we were in mm-hmm. wow that's so crazy Oh my god, and and uh, yeah, and but your mom does so many great things too. For you know, she's always in like yeah. P flag, and she's all it, about. She's like mm. taking up gay rights as her like, <laughs> which is great. Thing. You know, she's you know, uh, no, it's awesome. And and she's st- she's in Belmont or she's she's in, in Belmont. Okay, yeah. Fortune and I grew up 15 minutes away from each other in North Carolina. We didn't know each other. Didn't but know each other. We know that whole area. Yep, all too well. Um, yeah, and yeah, so that's that's really great. And she's. It's just doing that. Well, you know, it's also, I I mean, I love that she does it. And she was getting, like, way even more involved. But to the point where, like, she had no life. And I uh-huh. was like, well, make sure, you know. Right. To, yeah, you you know, I appreciate this. <laughs> right. But it was also, like, a little bit of a way not to focus on her stuff. Of course. So, Absolutely. I'm like, sure. the gays appreciate you. Yes. But they'll appreciate you more if you take care of yourself uh-huh. first. Yeah. Absolutely. Us, you know. Yep. Absolutely. It's hard. It's hard to balance that, mm-hmm. you know, self-care with, like, I have a purpose in the yeah. world. Um, well, but I, what's your story, Fortune? Oh, my gosh. I kept going back and forth about what I wanted to talk about because I feel like my life is uh, it's like pre uh, my life up until like the age of 18 versus afterwards are very different. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I thought about I would talk about where my middle name Fortune is fortune is what I go by. Mm-hmm. Um, but where that comes from. Oh, great. Oh, that's um, cool. Yeah. I had no idea. Yeah, it's uh, I grew up as my first name, Emily. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, Fortune, people think I just kind of made up that name. Like I just, you know, what is a, <laughs> what's a star's name? <laughs> Fortune Feimster. Blasted um, everywhere. Yeah. But it started like when I was actually born. Um, my mom went to the hospital, obviously to give birth to me. And that was back when you had to stay in the hospital for like five or six uh-huh, days uh-huh. afterwards. And and uh, she um, was told by all the nurses that I would be a boy. Like, they had these, like, little things, like, oh, her heart beats slow. So either, you, you know, you have a uh, a girl um, uh, or a lazy boy. Or no, they said either you have a boy or a lazy girl. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and, but she, like, always felt like she was going to have a girl. Anyway, as she was going to give birth, 
to me um, this uh, uh, this African American woman nurse appeared out of nowhere. She'd never seen her before, and she said to my mom as they were wheeling her in, "She's like, I'll see you and your um, ten pound. <laughs> yes, that was ten pound, ten pound baby girl after you know your surgery because she has C-section." And my mom never saw the nurse again for the next six days. She asked everybody, like, who is this? Who was that nurse? You know, because I ended up being born 10 pounds. I was a girl. Right, um, right. And it was very much like, it felt like, you know, touched by an angel. Yeah, right, 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 Della right. Reese <laughs> came in there. <laughs> Maybe and, uh, it was Della Reese. <laughs> man. Uh, so she was like, always like, st- that was like the weirdest moment. She was telling my grandmother about that. So my grandmother was like, oh, that's such a cool story. You know, we have a lot um Fortune, like we have a a lot of people in our family with the last name Fortune. She's like, that's kind of a cool, like thing that happened. And also, we have this cool family name. You know, mm-hmm, I think mm-hmm. that you should name her Fortune. Um, and my mom was like, no, like she would have to be Miss America to live up to a name like Fortune. <laughs> I'm not gonna do that to her. And so she named me Emily. And uh, so I didn't know about this. I knew, you know, about my middle name and stuff. I didn't pay any attention to it for many years um and as i got older uh i my mom told me that my grandmother wanted me to be named fortune and i was like oh that's interesting and um i was just always like super close with my grandmother like we just had like this bond that um was like nothing i've ever experienced uh it's just like a sort of soulmate um in a way mm-hmm. and i followed her around from the time i was born till uh you know sh- till sh- she died just like i was her like little mini me and um so uh we just always had this connection and she ended up getting sick uh when i was in high school she she got cancer and so that summer, um, she was like had a brain tumor that uh, went inside of her skull and wrapped around her brain and Uh-oh. spinal cord. Mm. And like that entire summer, she never once even said "ouch." And we learned later the doctors said that she had a form of cancer. It was very rare, and like the pain that she went through was was excruciating they said it basically pressed down on her head and so she told my mom at the beginning of that summer she's like we're gonna see and she called me emily we're gonna see emily off to college and they gave my grandmother two weeks to live and my mom was like okay that's okay yeah Yeah, we're gonna see her off to college so for three months that entire summer she basically every week the hospice nurse would be like this is it you guys gotta go say bye to her and we'd oh, be like, my gosh. oh my god and like she practically raised me because my mom that's a whole other story but we lived around the corner and she you know my mom did the best she could but my grandmother really filled in mm-hmm. and so this was like losing a mother yes. yeah and um so she ended up for three months going through this excruciating pain and I remember I was, it was the morning I was to leave to college. I went and said, you know, my goodbyes. And at this point she was unconscious. So I didn't know if she could even hear me. Right. And so I moved to college and the next morning I looked at my watch at 10 a.m. And I felt her die. And I was Oof. like, holy shit. Like I called my house, uh, cause she was staying at, uh, in her house and my dad answered and literally they just watched it happen and i was like hey and he was like uh Mm -hmm. can i call you back because he didn't know what to say and so like she's just always been a part of me so um she ended up dying and uh so from then on from 18 on for the rest of my life i was like you know until now uh i was like holy crap this woman um, made this huge sacrifice for me where she stayed in pain for three months mm-hmm. just to see me go on to this yeah. next stage of life mm-hmm. to have this success. And so I basically, you know, I said in college, I was like, if I ever perform, if I ever, because I always wanted to perform, I always wanted to do something, but I didn't really have the 
courage to yeah. do it. And I was just like, you know, what? if I ever get that courage that she, inst- you know, instilled any sort of belief in myself, she put that there. I was like, I'm going to go by the name Fortune because mm. she wanted that for me mm-hmm. from the time I was born. Um, and so that is how I that's so come wonderful. to go by Fortune. I've been oh going God. by it since I was 22. Oh my God, that's so beautiful! <laughs> Did it start when you started performing. When I like, started oh, performing, wow, yeah, I, wow. I because yeah, no one in college because you know in college I did theater, but it wasn't. I right. sucked. I was terrible at it. And so, <laughs> uh, no, I actually started with my fortune at twenty four. It was my first Groundlings class. Oh, wow. I um, did the like practice class uh-huh. and i remember going in there and be like i'm gonna tell them my name is fortune and just to see what you know yeah what it's like what it feels mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. and there was like 15 people in the class and at the end of the class you had to go around the room and say what well, everyone's name try to remember everyone's mm-hmm. name and no one remembered anyone's name and all 14 people said fortune mm-hmm. and i was mm-hmm. like oh my grandmother was on to something oh, it's yeah. a cool name it's and a really it, cool name you know but it was also my way of paying a homage mm-hmm. what, homage what is it homage homage homage, homage. homage. homage to her yeah that's um, so great yeah that's beautiful and it's and it's so nice that you have like reclaimed it and own it and cuz i mean it's like it's such a magical name and it's so like it's like because it's you and I've known you for so long, it's just part of, I don't really consider it like, mm-hmm. you know, but the, you, you know, other, other than like you are such a fortune, like it so fits you so yeah. beautifully. Yeah, it seems so. I and don't like, feel like an thing. Emily. Right. And, anymore. and like, um, you know, I can accept you as Emily, of course. Yeah. I would be like, but I just, you're just, you're fortune to me. And it's like, and it, um, uh, but I also love that you, that you chose it as opposed mm-hmm. to, living your whole life with it and sort of having to like deal with it because I mean, I mean to, to talk about like I mean the 8th grade Drew Drogan and Ian Gary would, would totally make fun of a kid named Fortune yeah, you know what I mean like, we'd be like Fortune that's it your name been hard. it would have been a yeah. really hard name to grow up with and, and I might have hated it right yeah. and I'm yeah. saying so you would have had like some you may have had some like real like re- like resentment or whatever mm-hmm. like we all have and can have with our yeah. names like why my mom <laughs> named me after a stripper yeah, right. yeah. <laughs> it know. doesn't feel like that to me though at it all it doesn't it doesn't no. have that vibe of like candy. No, but, yeah. You know right, what I mean? Right, yeah. It's just like, it's a fun name. Ian, candy is my mother's name. Oh. I'm not kidding. Kind of a strippery name. I'm very sorry. Oh, no. no, it happens every time. It happens all the time. fact about Here's candy. Here's the thing. About- <laughs> and my mother's a stripper. No, well, my mom's name is actually Edwina, but she's gone by candy all of her life because welcome to the South where yeah. nothing makes sense. Right. Her her maiden name was, was Crane. And so my grandparents thought it would be so cute to name her Candy Crane. So she was Candy Crane. <laughs> Up. Forever. Shut but up. On her birth certificate, she's Edwina, but she's never gone by Edwina. Edwina. Edwina, which is my grandmother's name. Edwina. And my grandmother funny. goes by Weena. Weena. Isn't that, Yeah. Weena. Like it is Weena. so Southern, right? And then so my my mother is Edwina, but she's always been candy. And when you meet her, she's such a candy. But it, yeah. it, I know. I get it all the time. Cream. When I teach class and people do like, they'll do hooker characters and they're like, I'm candy. I'll be like, new choice. <laughs> new choice. That's my mother's name. And people are like, oh my God, I had no idea. I'll, uh, um, I'll south with you. My mom's name given name is Betty Jo Cunningham. Yes. And uh, was born, actually she she's, makes this a point, I was born in Abingdon, Virginia, but she spent <laughs> a lot of her raising in a town called Possum Holler, Virginia. No. Yes. Wow. Like if that was in a movie, you'd be like, come yeah, on. Yeah, you'd be like, Possum, Possum, Holler. Possum Holler. Possum Holler. Yeah. And, and Holler, H-O-L-L-E-R. E-R. Oh, mm-hmm. sure, sure. Like Butcher Holler. The, you know. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? Possum Holler. Well, we had, near, I mean, because I grew up in Lincolnton, Mm-hmm. And we had Cat Square. We had Pumpkin Center. Do you remember these places? No. Pumpkin Center. Yeah, there was a place called Pumpkin Center. There was Cat Square, where the where <laughs> back in the day, it's where people used to dump their stray cats. Oh my god! That's where it was, and they would have. I remember the those cats. Those were the days. Those were the good old days. Make America great again. We can go dump our cats somewhere. And I remember there would there was this fair, the the Cat Square parade, and I'm sure it was like four cars and like. But they they painted a giant cartoon cat, <laughs> a cat face on the ground, mm-hmm. in a square because they're creative, 
and there were these horses and they, I remember these horses were walking and they would get spooked by that cartoon cat on the ground and they would be like throwing back and screaming like they would just could not handle is this they would every not, year every year and yet would they would persist and with yet painting like, the cat they'd be like whip, it, whip them horses through they gotta get through it and these poor horses would just be like I'm not walking on that I feel deeply unsafe for good reason also just the history of you know you know um, feline genocide yeah. that happened in the town I'm sure what didn't give them good feelings but what are some there was the um, south is a weird place there's so many places outside of that that I remember there was um, high shoals yeah and buffalo shoals mm-hmm. and we had a street in Belmont called Barry Cooter Barry Cooter. Barry Cooter Street. We, we had we had so Tick Neck and Hog Neck. The end of it makes it worse. Barry Cooter Street. We had Tick Neck and Hog Neck Road. Oh my God! Was and this then in a place called Jumpers Hole in Baltimore? You're from Baltimore, uh, yeah. Right? Oh, but wow. Maryland is really weird. Like I yeah. didn't realize it until I kind of moved out. But like Maryland and Baltimore are really weird because it's mm-hmm. like it got split in the Civil War. You know, it's like okay. the Mason-Dixon runs mm-hmm. clear right, through, right, right, through right. Maryland. Okay. So it's like half of, you know, Baltimore and then the northern part of the state was like uh, the Union. And uh-huh. then as you got closer to the border in Maryland, it was it was the Confederacy. Okay. So it's like the, the literal like American yeah. split mm-hmm. is right through Maryland. So it's a really weird culture yeah, yeah, that yeah, I yeah. never realized. Like, mm-hmm. The Wire is true, and so is every John Waters movie. I was going to say, I always think of John Waters you know? every yeah. time I hear Baltimore. And I they're, think. Both, they're both accurate. And yeah, then you yeah, move yeah. out from there, and then it's it's like rednecks and lacrosse hippies. Uh-huh. Like, wow. it's a really weird amalgam. Yeah. yeah. Like, the dudes, it's always like kind of in a polo, but with a puka shell necklace. Oh, and they gotcha. like, uh, they're jocks, but their hair's grown out. Yeah. So, like, you know? Owen Wilson character. Yes. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yes. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow, that's so fascinating. Well, that that area too, because I've always been Pennsylvania has always been crazy fascinating to me too. Because I'm like it, it really means nothing. Like the like Amish, it's the stuff. Amish, but just like all the different like smash up of the just that part of the country, Delaware, Maryland, like yeah. just that area is like it's not really the South, it's not the North, no, it's not really, you know. Yeah. They're just don't we don't know folk. what it we don't is. know what they they don't know what they are up there. Know. Maybe that's why I have such an identity crisis. Like, uh, <laughs> I am because I'm from Maryland. Anyone north of us, we just call Yankees. Yankees. So. I know. Isn't that? Fun? I know. I always loved that. But that was such an insult growing yeah. up. They're like, oh, Yankees. That's what my grandmother would say. Yeah. Uh, Northern aggressors. Yeah. Uh-huh. My my oldest brother was uh, married a woman from Michigan, and she like, oh, she's like Yankee. I know, I'm like it, Michigan. <laughs> <laughs> But like it was, it was, it was such a funny thing that I totally forgot about. Like when I went up to college, and then I would come back, and they would talk about Yankees and all this stuff. And I'm like, you realize that like the the other side doesn't like have this sort of weird place yeah. on the right. You know, it's just so funny how like we just still have to have something from the Civil War. Like we have our, our class or whatever. Oh god, it is. it's so funny to go home and hear like the old school people talk about the Civil War, and they're like, yeah, they don't talk about how they destroyed all of our. You know, homes and buildings. <laughs> like, well, they did yeah, for a reason. For good reason. It was, a, it was a war. I know exactly. Yeah, we grew up and it was like General Sherman was the worst b- person ever yeah. for you know burning Atlanta. It was like that. He was the the, the worst human being ever. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, you know, there were other people who were affected negatively yeah. by us. <laughs> oh Lord, oh. I know it's so it, it's so ridiculous and funny, and I love. I love going back there and just laughing at it now because yeah. it's just, I mean, and I love being from the South and that's oh, the other yeah. thing too that like I, 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 every time I can, I love to tell people I'm from Lincolnton, North Carolina uh-huh. and, you know, and, and I'm proud of a lot of it. And, but I do think if I went, you know, like, I'm glad I didn't know wh- what I know now. Like, if yeah. I had gone back there and tried to live there, it'd be like, there'd be just no way. Well, ignorance is bliss. Absolutely. You know? you just, when you're there, you don't really know like growing up you're just like you're not sure of out what's outside the bubble mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so how did you feel about something like the confederate flag did that even was that even on your radar do you know, oh yeah up? it was very much on our radar because in um lincoln county there were three high schools mm-hmm. at the time i think there may be more, more than there was lincoln high school there was east lincoln and there was west lincoln and west lincoln was the the farthest redneck and their their um uh mascot were the rebels and they mm-hmm. the rebel flag was their school right. flag oh really <laughs> yeah and um so it was a huge issue like it, and um and i remember like at the time 
really understanding the argument about like, well, it was it's about our history and it's not about like I I really wasn't on the side of like taking down the flag, mm-hmm. um, which is I'm very embarrassed by now. Like I mean I I would you know absolutely they need to take it down. And the crazy thing was when Nikki Haley did take down this the the rebel flag in South Carolina, my mother who's a Republican was supportive of, of taking it down. Right. Like a lot of Republicans were like, it's time to take this down. Mm-hmm. So that's that's something that's I think interesting is how people that like really supported it having it for like, you know, and, and say the Civil War was about states' rights and Southern heritage is is more than than you know, just racism turned around on that flag and said, you know what? It's it's a yeah. really evil thing. And and bad people are using it to do b- very bad things. It is and, fascinating though. Like I, you know, I kind of I see both sides of it in a way cuz mm-hmm. I do think it's like I I can't understand that things come to represent something else over time. Right. And I do think it's funny that we go like take down that flag. By the way, here's the American flag. A lot of genocide under this flag, yep. but don't worry about it. Yeah. We, we had the we had the greater idea. I know there was the trail of tears, but that's sure, that's forever sure. ago. Right. Exactly. So it is kind of funny how relative it is, but mm-hmm. at the same time it's like it just has a context of like I ain't never seen that flown on a truck and going like I, a great I bet person. they're open minded yeah yeah yeah, right. yeah yeah that's the <laughs> yeah. thing because like if you know there's a there's actually a great Southern magazine I don't know if you know about do you know Garden and Gun this magazine uh-huh. it's Gun. I know it's called Garden and Gun and it sounds like it's gonna be the most you know redneck anything but there's like great like if you if you really want to know about like southern culture and what's good about and then there's always like a great dog story in there there's always a great (laughs) Mm -hmm. recipe for old southern food there's there's a there's like a lot of cultural stuff that that is in that magazine you can go this is actually pretty lovely and great and um uh, it's also ridiculously expensive, and it just advertises. It's all about Charleston. It's pretty much just like for just the richest, <laughs> whitest Southerners. Yeah. But uh, so it's hilarious how it's just it's you know, um. But yeah, like we, yeah, once something like takes over, it's just it's different. I mean, like wasn't I'm gonna way speak out of turn, but like. like the swastika was like a Middle Eastern symbol. It was like a yeah, it was like, like a, it was a well. For one, it's a pretty crude symbol. It's like it's not like it's the most hard thing, right? So there's it's a Buddhist symbol. It's a Native American right, right. symbol. So it's been around. But then, yeah, right. once once right. somebody kind of puts somebody a stamp makes on it, it that you're like, well, let's not do that anymore. You can't yeah. even yeah. have you know? that mustache anymore. I know yeah. that'd be yeah. the like Charlie mustache. Chaplin <laughs> staple. It ruined it. It ruined it. It really did. <laughs> now, I oh. am endlessly fascinated by that. The fact that like a literal facial like a a facial hair choice mm-hmm. is no longer around or like mm-hmm. there's no more Hitler's right like that family line is yep. just gone. Yeah. Adolf like no one's named Adolf no yeah. you wouldn't ever name your child Adolf unless you're a terrible white supremacist yeah. unless you kill millions of people yes. right right <laughs> Exactly. So it it's fascinates that, that me how that's do just it. like people get away from that as far yeah. as they yeah. can. So that's Absolutely. why things like the flag do ultimately make sense. Absolutely. You know, because there is, a, you know, there's also like it's representative of a lot of things. It's like, you know, you're, not, you know, you're, 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 you definitely need to be aware of the bumper stickers that are on your car. Right. You know what I mean? If, and once something, and, and I think we also need to give ourselves, um, permission to change and to say, oh, I was wrong about that. Yeah. You know, because mm-hmm. there's also that. It's like, you know, and I think a lot of people, um, right now we were talking about this earlier, like in how they voted this year, they need to, we need to accept them for saying, I voted the wrong way and, and, and that's okay. Like, and you not know, and shaming them. Uh, and yeah. not shaming yeah. them and not making them feel like idiots because, like, I think it's like, you know what? We are fallible human beings. We, and, and there are times that, you know, and, um, yeah, like if, if, if a, a, a symbol or a, a message or, you know, um, I mean, God, five years ago, if, if somebody said all lives matter, we would all go, I agree, but now all lives matter means something yeah. kind of like yeah. shitty. So, cause it's, you know, in retaliation of Black Lives Matter. So, you know, things take form and shape that, you know, that didn't at and a it certain takes, point. It takes a certain amount of growth, I think, to like know, cause I used to be a real asshole about this of like, if I mean it, if I know I mean it a certain way, then fuck how you took it. This is how I meant right. it. And I'm right. explaining that to you. And if it still bothers you, I don't know what to tell you. Mm-hmm. But, you kind of get to a point where you go like, well, no, there there is interpretation outside of myself, right, and I need right. to acknowledge that interpretation and and consider it when making certain choices and statements about things. Sure, you know what I mean? absolutely, and absolutely, and when you realize that, like, oh, when I say tranny, um, right. I, I'm hurting people now, and like yeah. I was that 
It that didn't be, 10 years ago, that and that's okay that it did explained to me, yeah. and I'm like, oh, well, then maybe I won't use that right, I won't use that anymore. term anymore. Yeah. Because, like, it's, and, and I can, and, and I'm still who I am. I'm still a badass, right? and I'm still punk rock, <laughs> and fuck you, I say what I want. Like, that's the other thing, too. Like, we're not badasses. Nobody is. It's like, <clears> this whole thing about, like, well, that's what I meant, and if you don't know what I, you right. know, it's like, well, you need to maybe be a little bit more of a sensitive person, and when what you're saying and doing is hurting other people, then yeah, you absolutely right. need to change. What yes. you're saying and doing. Sorry. I've been, yeah, I've been trying to sort of adjust my message a little bit since mm-hmm. the election. Because mm-hmm. uh, I would, you know, before would be like, this is what I think. And if you don't believe it, you know, right. f- fuck off. And uh, and now I, once that happened, once he got elected, I was like, oh, there's like a whole other part of the country that believes very different mm-hmm. from me Absolutely. and if i'm going to be so set in my opinions and ways we're never gonna right. get anywhere so i've had even though i'm still strong in convictions right. i try not to put that like and that's the final thing you yeah. know and who is that gonna change or affect yeah. or whatever and in, in, a, in a way yeah and and yes i i think it's really important to realize but that, at the like, same time a well-placed fuck you is also appropriate absolutely oh, yeah. It I really love is. a real way, well yeah. placed fuck you. And some people, you know, need to need to be told fuck you. And yeah. then and but then a lot of other people just need to be heard and and realize that we're like complicated failures just yes. just making mistakes yeah. through life. Well, and we just, all you know, evolve. Yeah. Let's Hopefully. hope so. Let's hope. <laughs> well then we figured it out, guys. Yeah. We figured I mean, it out. <sighs> the theme of today is that we all evolve. You guys, we're all just the best version of ourselves. <laughs> really? Is, no, I feel that's pretty rejuvenated. much the theme of this podcast today <laughs> is that we started out as one thing. Right. And God, now we're, we're, we're this chrysalis we're butterflies. <laughs> we were we were ugly, horrible what are they I don't even remember this fifth grade larva pupa larva we made fun of teachers we had different names and now look at us look at us we smacked our mothers oh goodness (laughs) gravy Betty Joe I'm so sorry I'm so sorry Betty Joe Um, on that note I think we we are out of time and I I think this is the perfect way to end it on all the things that we've (laughs) learned being enlightened enlightened by our slaps (laughs) our horribleness and our and now we are just going to go out in the world and be good people. Just be yeah. the best versions of oh, ourselves. Oh, We can be. Mm. <laughs> Namaste. I'm gonna have a, Namaste. I have a faint little smile on my face that just tells the world I'm doing everything right. <laughs> but mm-hmm. if someone says anything about your walk, you will punch I them. in the fucking mouth. You will punch them. Right in the mouth. <laughs> All right. Thank you, guys. I want to thank my guests, Ian, Gary, and Fortune Feimster for being on the show today. Have a great week, life, year, day, minute. Have a great all of that. Be the best version of yourself. Be the best you can be. All right. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Bye.